Mark, what's Dracula's Tinder name? I don't like where this is going. Any guesses? (laughs) No. It's Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) And his profile reads, older guy looking for new blood. You may just be his type. Loves moonlit strolls, late night bites and decoffinated coffee. Not a fan of steak. If we get to the next step, he's a generous lover. He likes performing oral, but only once a month. And he promises you've never had a guy draculate like him. He's dying to meet you. As a pun man, there is so much for me to digest in that one sentence. Before <laughs> <laughs> forget, you want to die tonight? Hypochondriac with asthma is in there. I just lose all sense of equilibrium and I don't know what's happening. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Always enjoy watching it every time. Windmills were fire hazardous. He literally used the paycheck to pay for a house, that's all it was for. Meeting someone for the first time, you wouldn't be talking like that. Because he was so stoned, he'd like half fallen asleep. You and Tasha are meant to be all figured out now. I just got fired yesterday, I'm free. I swear to God, I'm just taking a look up your asshole. Hello, welcome to the You Run Podcast. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark. And you are listening to the only horror movie review show completely run and controlled by you, the listeners. For the most part, you select the movies, minus a few new releases that we like to scatter in throughout the year because we we try to stay relevant, kind of, when we can. Um, You share your thoughts, your theories. uh, You don't. You (laughs) you share your (laughs) thoughts, your feelings uh, in things like sound off, three word review, memes to make you bad. You even score the movies. We give you every single way possible to get involved in the show. You can email us, yourunpodcast at gmail.com. You can send whatever you want. You can record us a voicemail. You can do that on our website, yourunpodcast.com, or you can do it through a voice note on Instagram or now Discord. You can also get in touch with us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Discord. Is that everything? Have I covered everything there? We have a website. We have an email address. We have mobile numbers, but we aren't giving those out. No, could you imagine? (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I tell you what, if if we get to 100,000 listeners, I will give out my mobile number on the air. Surely that's even worse. The more listeners we have, the worse that's going to be. Yeah, but I will just get a new phone just for that. Oh, okay. (laughs) This week, we have our first poll picks movie this season. Woohoo! Uh, you've had what was the first one? The first one was a listener request. Uh, yes, a listener request was pretty killer podcast requested Sleepaway Camp. Yes, yeah, Sleepaway Camp. Then it was my selection, which was Hellraiser. Yep. Then uh, mine, Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale, and here we are back to back to its scheduled programming. Yeah, but back to the listeners doing what they do best, which is pick us movies. Um, this is going to be the last poll picked movie for about three weeks because we've got. A uh, listener request and a couple of new releases as well. So I'm going to talk about those later. Anyway, today's movie sees a group of kids in a monster club go head to head with some of the greatest monsters ever created. It's a race against time to stop the monsters and banish them to limbo before they can take over the world. Inappropriate language, unacceptable peeping on a teen girl, talk of testicles, a super meta commentary on the state of slashes of the 1980s. What else could it be? It's Fred Decker's. The Monster Squad. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? 
We're the monster squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgins. They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. Two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town. There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big scary monster. What's happening? Do I kill a werewolf? Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the world. Real monsters? Us? Midnight in the world, remember? Maybe we can be like mass squad instead, you know? Two mass bombs. Yeah, 235. Big backup. Hurry up! Come squad. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight. You guys. They won't seem so young anymore. Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone. So we're going to kick this off with your scores, just like we did on Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, moving forward, your scores are going to go first at the beginning of the show. Uh, you've scored this a nine out of ten, exactly the same as you scored Tucker and Dale. So either you think this is just as good, or you're just getting uninventive with where you're moving the slider. <laughs> <laughs> and I genuinely haven't decided yet because literally everyone scored this a nine. There was no low scores in there or high. It was just everyone went to nine and stopped. I think if next week's episode goes to a nine, then we need to seriously start questioning what's going on. Yeah, we, we need to start thinking of how a new way to score the movies. <laughs> uh, stick around to see how we score this at the end of the show. Uh, we'll also give you our our final thoughts on it as well. Now, before we bite into the main event... It's time for me to count on Mark. Every week, Mark can be found searching the web for an attractive account for us to go and follow. Now, let's find out what fantastic account Mark has dug up this week. Dude, please don't do this all episode. Please don't do this all. <laughs> <laughs> right. This week's recommended account is Video Horrors um, or VHS Video Horror Show. But their, their Instagram handle is just Video Horrors, if you were to cite some in. Video Horrors is basically quite similar to the layout of my own personal Instagram account in the way how I like to structure it and make are, things look very pretty and the same. Um, are, you, are you claiming copyright? I'm not claiming copyright, no. This guy's very unique and he's very talented as well. He does something really clever where he, every single picture... So if you imagine on mine where I post a review, I have the cover of the film and then I have a colour usually behind that said poster of the film. Yeah. This guy's done it on his where he's like, it's got brickwork behind them all, but then the colour's slowly fading from light to dark. So even though they're oh, all individual cool. pictures, they all merge together. And then as, you, as you're scrolling through, the brickwork colour changes throughout the photos. It's really, really clever. This is a very talented man who has done this. Unless it's an app, I don't know if it is. And I need to up my game a little bit. But it, it's really, really clever. But basically what this guy does is he searches 
or even has the collection of these films himself. I'm not 100% sure, but he showcases some of the best um, VHS cover artwork out there. Um, you're talking classics like Creepshow, Chopping Mall, Child's Play, City of the Living Dead. This is some really, really fantastic stuff. And sometimes when I'm actually searching for films myself, I do tend to think what's going to look good as a profile picture on my huh. on my page. I'm like, oh, that's got a really cool cover. I'm going to review that because that'll look good when I post it. So this this guy... is explaining a lot of the reviews you've done recently. <laughs> no, that is, that is a different path I've been following altogether. I'll talk about that later. But this guy's page, honestly, enough about me. Check him out. He's really, really cool. Some of the stuff he's doing with his page and the uniformity of it all is very clever. So it's uh, video horrors and that is VHS Video Horror Show. Check him out, show him some love. It's great. I like it. I'm sure you will too. Yeah, I followed. So we spoke about this yesterday. Yes. Yeah, and I went and followed and had a look at his page. His page is very aesthetically very, very pleasing. And the stuff he shares is fucking cool as well. Yeah, there's a lot of cool films on there from like the 80s mainly. I think he's a big 80s fan based on some of the stuff that he's been posting more recently. Films that I've never heard of. Um but looking at them, like Ghost, uh, not Ghost Ship, it looks like Ghost Ship, but it's it's a uh, Death Ship. Um, it looks really, really cool. And I, and it's it's that sort of VHS cover art where it's painted rather than a photo, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the name is for that style of, of cover art. You find it with quite a lot of horror novel paperbacks from back in back in the olden days. Yeah, and these are the sort of accounts like yours and, and like this that I will use if I'm sat here on a Sunday afternoon and the kids are at their grandparents, I'll go, oh, we'll watch a horror movie. This is one of the things I used to do with your page a lot. I'd go to your page, scroll, stop, and go, I'll find that. And it's normally some trashy 80s movie that I've never seen before or that I've seen once and can't remember, and that's what I'll put on on a Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, this account's really cool. Yeah, I mean, one that I picked off is to watch the other day was Life Force, which turned out to be a Toby Hoop film, um, something that I'd never seen before. Very good because movie. The artwork, yeah, but the artwork of it looked ace. I was like, oh, that's really, really cool. I'm, I'm going to search that out. And I searched it out, found it. IMDB'd it first before I went in, just so it wasn't like a, a one-star shit that I'm usually watching at the minute. But yeah, and it turned out to be a Toby Hooper classic, something that I'd never seen. I was like, oh, that's cool. So yeah, very, yeah. very helpful page when you're searching for content. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, go, go and give him a follow. It's at Video Horrors on Instagram. Get out of here, Phoebe the Phoebe. This week, we're doing the Monster Squad, as, as I said, and as you've heard the trailer. The Monster Squad begins with something I absolutely fucking despise in all horror movies, regardless of how good the horror movie is. It's a written expedition dump. It's this writing... Did you read it? Yes, I read it. Um, OK. <laughs> Uh, we're told on the screen that a hundred years ago it was a dark time in Transylvania and a group of freedom fighters led by Van Helsing tried to rid the world of evil. And it ends with the line, they blew it. I did read it. And yes, <laughs> it set the tone pretty well early on what this was going to be. Yeah. And I kind of went, oh, did we need it? And then after an opening like that, I want them to cut straight into the 80s. They've told us what's going on. Let's find out what's going on now. But they don't. They give you that expedition dump and then they fucking show you exactly what they just wrote down. I like this. I was really on board. As soon as it opened up and you see the uh, sort of animatronic 80s puppet, Jim Henderson sort of looking thing on the wall. I was like, Before you get to that, did you notice the 
rats I use in inverted commas? Did you spot them? Because they weren't should... rats. No. Should they... I? What were they? They were armadillos. <laughs> they were what, on... fairy armadillos. Or no, the actual armadillos rocking round in this castle in Transylvania. And I paused it and went, "What? What the <laughs> fuck is there an armadillo there?" I was so confused. I have a lot of questions about this film. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I, I was so confused. And then we get the um, then we get the bats that are on the, the rubber bats on fishing poles. Yeah, as soon as I saw this, I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be awesome." <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of bouncing around, and one of them turns into Dracula. At this point, I I've seen this movie a lot, but at this point on this watch, I was like, oh, "I'm done. I'm I'm kind of out already." Yeah, see, this was the first time watching me, and I'm going to stop announcing that on the show because I got so many messages after the Tucker and Dale versus episode, people being like, what? You've never seen Monster Squad, you fucking idiot. I was like, yeah, lay off, man. I'm going to watch it. I'm watching it this week. Do, do you know what's really funny, though, is when you've not seen a movie, I get loads of messages going, what do you mean Mark's not seen Monster Squad? Like, you need to message Mark. Why are you coming yeah, well, to me? Well, it turns out they have been messaging me because I've got <laughs> inundated with them this week over Monster Squad. Well, that's possibly my fault because when they come to me, I'm like... Not my problem. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, you get Van Helsing storming the castle. Uh, the bit that cracked me up here is the two guys with dynamite. They they get to the gate and they light the dynamite that's got the shortest fuse in the world with a fucking flaming torch. <laughs> they almost this. Like, I'm watching it again. You're going to die. You're going to blow up right there. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't. like dynamite in this film, don't they? They like dynamite a lot in this film, and anyone who knows anything about dynamite, it's like the most volatile explosive in the world. <laughs> and they treat it in this like it's like completely safe all the time. When they get in the castle, you get Dracula's bride eating another strange animal. Um, again, not a rat. She, she's eating a possum. You're looking at me like I understand neither uh, is these things in Transylvania no I, I was really baffled so I actually went and done a Google search and neither are native to Transylvania which confused me <laughs> even more I, I don't I'm glad if, someone put the legwork in I, I don't know if it's a case of like on set maybe they were filming like I don't know like an animal movie next door and they're like oh that armadillo would look cool can we borrow that armadillo for a minute just like there's maybe it. like a there's maybe like a pet shop next to the uh next to the set or, or were they filming like a remake of Dr. Doolittle or something at the time it's like <laughs> Shit, they've got an armadillo. We need that. <laughs> um, we get the first kill, which is the crossbow straight to the heart. I, I love that. That that was. This is where I started getting a little bit more invested when he killed Dracula's bride. Yeah, because I was like, shit. I thought this was a kids' film. Like, fuck. <laughs> she's actually bleeding. Like, she's being shot in the heart, and she's actually bleeding blood. Like, what is happening? This is not the kids' film I was expecting it to be. This is a PG. Is it still really? Man, it's been reclassified as a PG thirteen now, but when this came out, this was a PG. So it's a similar sort of situation with the Poltergeist. So. Yeah, Poltergeist and Gremlins. It kind of sits in that same. It was it was riding a wave of how far can we get away with it? Yeah, Van Helsing starts to try and get the monsters gone, and when he walks in, there's an amulet, which is it's like an amulet of power that they can use to banish the monsters. And again, this is just in the forecourt of like. It's in like the forecourt area of the castle. Yeah, like this is the one thing that can diminish all monsters and they have it out on show in the middle of this temple. Yeah, it's in the garden. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like taking all of your possessions that you really like and sticking them in your front garden and hoping <laughs> no one nicks them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I overlooked that. 
There's a little girl that they drag in who doesn't seem very willing, who starts reading spells from a book, and you get a tornado wormhole thing open up. Thoughts I love on... this. Yeah, I loved it. I like, oh. And you know me as well. Like You know I kick off with bad CGI, but you know what it reminded me of? The end of Evil Dead 2. I was about to say. It's it's the perfect sort of um, I don't know like it, it, for me when I was watching it there, there's a fine line between crap and and nostalgia and and this seemed to hit that perfectly like I don't know how how well this came across upon its release but going back and watching stuff like this now like to me I was like oh, that's fucking brilliant I love seeing stuff like that now uh, when I watched this as a kid this was like wow. Wow, yeah. look, look at that. That's so yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really cool. And then you see like the floating candelabra and stuff going through it, which looks terrible. And you're like, yeah, I loved and it. I, I liked all the skeletons as well that are like popping out of the ground and attacking Van Helsing and trying to drag him back. And I, I all of this that practical it, yeah. work I thought was great. Yeah, and it's amazing puppetry work. And, and it's so gruesome and gory as well. And I'm like, surely this is at least a 15. Especially, I think if this came out now by today's standards, if you release this, I think you would struggle to categorise that as a PG, let alone a PG-13. Yeah, I, I think you'd really struggle, especially when we get further through. Long and short of it, they fuck up this ritual and they don't do it in time. Uh, and the little girl and Van Helsing both get sucked into the whirlpool and it fades to black. Now, as far as I'm concerned, we finally get to start the movie because this opening scene for me is a bit meh. I'm a bit... Uh, this movie could have done with this scene being cut out. It's just pointless. Oh, I don't know, man. We're only at 22 minutes overall. An hour and 22 minutes. You cut this off. It's, it's an hour and 10 minute film. Oh, d- don't worry. I'm going to get to it. There's lots of stuff we can add in. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so we um, we start the movie. and I've Literally in my notes, I've just put, uh, this movie moves at 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. And it suffered a lot in post-editing, I think. There's a lot of scenes that I think should be in here that aren't, and I'll okay. get to those because there's this movie's. It's almost like they made a movie and then they've gone, ah, oh, it's for kids. We need it to move faster paced than this, and they took out a lot of explanation. Yeah, see, that was one of my biggest gripes with it. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in here that's unanswered and. And when it happens, you're like, well, how the fuck does that happen? Why is he there? Who is he with? And why is he doing that with him? And I feel like there is a lot of that that's maybe missing somewhere. Um, yeah. But for what it was and the type of film it is, I'm going to give it a pass on that. But I am going to question it when we get to it for the sake of the show. But watching it, it didn't bother me enough to bring it up. I've only brought it up because it's what we do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've watched this movie a lot and it's something that's always bugged me. Even when I was a kid, it bugged me. There was things I'm going, well, why? Why has that happened? And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to it when we get there. Yeah. Uh, we're now in present time. I say present time. We're in 1987. <laughs> present time when it came out. Uh, we meet two kid characters being threatened with their permanent records by a head teacher for being in a monster club. A permanent records a thing? Is that a thing? In America, I think. It is it not, not in the UK? It's not no. No, I can honestly say I think if anyone threatened my teenage boys with their permanent record, they'd laugh their ass off. Yeah, I think it's like a thing that you basically take with you throughout your childhood, school years, isn't it? So you was naughty in this year, or you did this at this. Basically, like a premature criminal record, I think. Right, God, I'm glad we didn't have them in this country. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have this country as well. <laughs> so the kids, one of the kids is played by um, Andre Gower. Uh, in my opinion, he steals the show and he plays Sean. Um, he's top-notch throughout the movie. Every time he's on screen, he's great. 
I couldn't believe it, mate. I couldn't believe how well well performed he was for such a young child. And then I went and checked on IMDb after watching this. He did not have the career he deserved off the back of this film. No, no, he really didn't. Um, and the other kid is Patrick, and I can't remember who plays him, but he reminds me of Mouth from the Goonies. Mouth, ah, you see, no, I thought, do you know what I thought he was originally? What's the, you've got the two Corys in The Lost Boys. I know the dates and the times are very different and don't add up, but what's the Corey, Corey? Yeah, uh, Phil. Pretty, Philman. No, yeah. no, no, no. No, Haim, Corey Haim. Haim. Corey Haim. I thought he was a very young Corey Haim. Like, they looked very similar. I yeah, thought, oh, maybe this is like him at eight years old before he went on to do the Lost Boys and stuff like that. But it turns out it wasn't. But they have a very, very similar look about both of them. Yeah, they do. And they get a, they basically get a bollocking from their teacher and they leave the classroom. And then Patrick hits us with a line that, I'm not going to lie, it hurt me. The teacher was patting him on the back and he walks out. He's like, he was touching me and patting me on my back. I smell like I'm in my 40s. <laughs> You're not there yet, though, are you, mate? Yes, I am in my 40s. When I was a kid, I thought that was funny, but it's not funny anymore. That oh, joke's... you've just hit 40 this year. Yeah, that, that joke's lost on me now. Oh, that's a bit <laughs> nasty, isn't it? Yeah, I felt re- it cut deep. Have you developed a smell since you turned 40? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Maybe, like, kids come near me and then they walk away again. I smell like I'm in my 40s. I was well pissed off. Well, I met you when you were 39, so and then we're meeting up again for the love of horror in a few weeks. So I'll I will check if you smell any different now you're 40. Yeah, you you can, you can update us on Newsweek <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, we cut to the playground and we get some old-fashioned 80s bullying. Um, I'm really not cool with this scene. No, I'm not either. The, and I'm not going to try and justify it either. I know no, it's a product it, of the time and you can you can do all you want to try and go back and say this is inexcusable and all the rest of it and we need to learn from this, that and the other. I don't really know where I'm going with this point, but what I'm trying to say is, is even though people say, oh, it's acceptable in the 80s, it, it's not. It's no. not acceptable then. It's not acceptable now. And watching it, like you say, it made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't agree with it, and and no, it just I, felt so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Stated. They're throwing around the f bomb and not the fuck bomb that I drop on this show. The other f bomb, homophobic no. slur that I fucking hate. And yeah, it it just really, it really, really griped on me. Um, and it's not. And it something... was said so many times as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's it's not something that should be in a kids' film ever. No, it, it no. really isn't. Uh, so it shouldn't be in any film, let alone a kid's no, film. No, exactly that. Even now that you mentioned that this was a PG upon release, I'm, I'm astounded that this was used. Yeah, it, it did give me nostalgic things back to when I was a kid, though, and when you all had nicknames. So you, you'd all give each other nicknames. So my nickname, when I was younger, I had a shaven head for a good portion of my, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Uh, and I was nicknamed Spud because my head looked like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah so uh, it, it did bring back that wonderful memory that i'd buried deep so yeah a bit of childhood trauma coming out um <laughs> we meet the character horace and he's being bullied by what well, i can only describe as two little arseholes uh, they take his snickers off him and stamp on it on the floor all the while calling him fat kid all the way through it's seriously not cool i hate bullying i hate i i understand that in a film, they use bullying to show that the bullies get their comeuppance, but I just hate it. It's so it's a horrible thing. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice. Kid, Especially now I'm a parent as well. I dread to think that my child ever went through anything like this. Yeah, and, and kids are fucking mean. They really are <laughs> yeah. mean. 
But they don't get me are. wrong, I've not been a perfect kid. I've had my moments where I was an absolute little arsehole and deserved a slap around the head when I was younger. But, you know, looking back at it now as an adult, you're just like, arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> a, a absolute arsehole. Um, so Horace is pushed by the floor and one of the kids gets on top of him and starts slapping him around the face. And he's saved by the the cool kid. And I'm doing cool kid in inverted commas because... I don't know what this guy is. Is is he from the 1950s? Is he from the 1980s? He's like this hybrid. I don't know. It's like the Fonz and an 80s character had a baby. It's so bizarre. It's like the Little Rascals version of the Fonz. He's awesome. Yeah, he, he's cool. He, he rocks up on a on a he rocks up on a chopper bike, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck. like a uh, greaser. Exactly like greaser. Um, he. He saves Horace, which kind of is his redeeming quality here. After I saw him, went, you're weird. And he gets the bully to pick up the Snickers off the floor and eat it. In front of all the school. Yeah, which, I'll be honest, I've dropped a Snickers on the floor and I didn't even hesitate. I just picked it up and ate it. I mean, it looked a bit squashed, but I'd still eat it. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, this guy's called Rudy. Um, he's he's integral to this movie, in my opinion. Yes, he's, he's my favourite character. I loved him. Oh, that's going to be interesting when I get to some of my comments about Rudy later. Right, OK. <laughs> I'm on the defence already. <laughs> uh, the school day ends and we go back to Sean and Patrick on their walk home and they're arguing whether Wolfman can drive. But can Wolfman drive? Of course Wolfman can drive. Wolfman's only Wolfman once a month. What do you think he does for the other 30 days of the year? 30 days of the month. Okay, but when he is Wolfman, can he still drive? Does he retain those skills? Yes, I believe so. I don't know, actually. Now you say it like that. Yeah, that's, I, like saying, that's like saying, can the Hulk drive? The Hulk can drive. He the needs Wolfman to... can drive. Okay, cool. Well, we settled this quicker than they did in the movie. <laughs> uh, this is where we meet Sean's younger sister, Phoebe. Um, and she's staring into what she describes as the weird German guy's house. And he's looking at them. Yes. Instantly, I thought this was going to be Dracula. I thought it was set up. Weird German guy is Dracula. Oh, see, I thought he was going to be Van Helsing. Uh, okay. Well, we we were both wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where Horace arrives and he asks if Rudy could join the Monster Club and I think this is a bit weird because Rudy's like what 16, 17 and these kids are like 10 and 11 yeah but Rudy's one of those kids where he thinks he's cool but he's probably not and then he hangs around with younger kids because they think he's cool like yeah. we all knew that one older guy who hung around with us Yeah, and well, we all you're... thought he was cool but when his own age category he was probably a bit of a gimp yeah, so when we're like 13, 14, drinking in a park and there's the 18-year-old who buys you all the drink and then sits with you. Yeah, I, yeah, we all Yeah, you know part. what I mean, yeah. So he's, yeah. I think he's one of those. Yeah. I, he, get, he gets his comeuppance. He, he, he deserves to be in the squad. Yeah, he, he does. He earns his spot. Um, we get a hard cut um, to a World War II bomber and they make a point of saying it's a World War II bomber with absolutely no explanation as to why or what's going on, and they're transporting crates and dead bodies. This is where they needed a bit of a scene before to explain what was going on. Yes. Because I was like, what? who are these guys? Why are they in a World War II bomber? What, what? It's just, yes. there's, no, there's no explanation whatsoever. No. Um, I'm assuming it's some sort of covert government mission, and they're moving these crates around. That's my assumption. 
we shouldn't have to assume. <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> um, I like these two pilots, though. They're funny. Yeah, and the guy, the main get pilot guy, I was like, oh, I know him. He's in, like, loads of films. He's not. He's in The Sopranos, and that's it. Something that I've never really seen, but he's just, he's got one of those Brooklyn accents, and you're like, hey, how you doing? Basically, <laughs> like Joey from Friends on a good day. You sounded like Rocky on a bad day. He looks a bit like Rocky with a bit of Joey Triviani in him as well. So he's that kind of character. He looks like he should be making pizzas. Or is that really racist? I think that's, that's I think that's quite stereotyped and racist. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. you're one step away from going, <laughs> it's a me, it's a Mario. <laughs> well, you just did it for me. So uh, there we go. Well, welcome to the Euro podcast. Um, <laughs> so these two guys are cracking jokes and they're, they're taking the piss out of each other. There's a bang in the back. And one of them goes, oh, I thought they're all meant to be dead. I'm going to go and have a look. He goes out the back and there is a crate that is literally labelled Frankenstein. <laughs> it's got a big white label on it that says Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, there's also a, a bat knocking around and this guy kind of knocks the bat out of the way and he's looking in the corner and then he turns around and Dracula stood behind him. I, I, I have no words at this point. The guy freaks and opens no. the trap doors to the plane where Frankenstein's coffin falls out or this crate that's got Frankenstein on it falls out. And Dracula does this weird kind of like almost hover and dance over the hole while smiling yeah. at him before turning then, into a bat and flying out. Which, again, looked very terrible graphics-wise, but I liked it. Yeah, I think there's some physics issues there as well. I'm not sure yeah. how that works. A bat dropping out of a plane that's doing 400 miles an hour. I'm not sure if he just flies straight down as it showed in the movie. Trust me, that is the least of our worries right now. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> uh, we jump back to the kids and we're now in the clubhouse. This treehouse is seriously cool. Yeah. Man, who, who owns stuff like this? Whose house has the capabilities to have these kind of treehouses? Because they seem to be in every suburban American garden. Uh, and not only that, this is like a two-level treehouse. It kind of got a bit, and then it goes up onto another bit where there's like a seating area. It's super, super cool. Why is there a dog in this treehouse, or is that later on? Oh, we'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah okay. the, the, there is a dog in there. It's, it's actually addressed in the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, okay. <laughs> Sean, he's in junior high. I heard he calls dad. Rudy is there, and he's being a pervert out the window. Um Perving at a girl who's getting undressed in the, the neighbouring house. I'm sure this is actually a crime. and was a crime in 1987 as well. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's very glorified, especially in 80s films, though, isn't it? Like, perving on your neighbours through binoculars is like a sweet, innocent thing to be doing as a teenage boy. It, let me tell you now, it's not. If no. your child is doing this to your neighbours, you need to discipline that child and teach him some morals. I, I'm going to ask you that. Have you ever peeked through someone's window as a teen? No, I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever have. No, I think I've... I would remember being a dirty little pervert. Yeah, I, I've walked past a neighbour's house, not where we live now, but where we lived previously, and they had their upstairs windows wide open with the lights on while they were going at it. And did you stop and double take? Not the, like the... stop and perv and watch the full event unfold, but I mean like do a quick... There was there was definitely a double take as I'm walking to, towards my house back from the pub with Lisa, and I kind of went, oh, the... what? Okay, head down, head down and dash to the door <laughs> in case they see me and go pervert. Yeah, I've been working on a job before where I've been like, I've come in like we is a construction company that I own and, and we and we we do quite commercial properties. So we work in people's houses regularly, 
I've come into the house before, got up the stairs like I do most mornings because we do loft conversions. So we put basically an extra bedroom in your loft or your attic if you're American. Um, and so eventually we have to get house access. So people just let me in in the morning. I'll come in at like eight o'clock in the morning and just toggle my way through. And I've gone upstairs before in a client's house and they've been getting unchanged in the bedroom. And I've just walked past the door while it's been open and I've so looked and been like, morning. <laughs> <laughs> slowly walk off as, as if it was the most natural thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so in, in that the... situation, like you make eye talk, eye contact with somebody, you're like, "Well, what do I say now?" So, of but... course, the only thing you can do is say, "Good morning." Yeah, you can't, you can't go nice tits. That doesn't, no. work. that won't go down as well. <laughs> no, that doesn't yeah. work. You can't hit with you hold up well for your age, love. <laughs> yeah, you just have to say good morning and walk on and pretend like it's never happened. There's never speak of it again. I'll remember this for the love of horror when you walk into my room and I'm still there sort of half dressed and you just say good morning as we make eye contact. I will never run that risk of walking into your room <laughs> at any point in the day, trust me. <laughs> um, they're giving Rudy the monster test, uh, which he kind of half passes and half fails. He's kind of like, he's really disinterested because he's looking out the window and he's like, just. They're going, how'd you kill this? He's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, they're like, no, you need to answer to be part of the club. He doesn't want to be part of the club. He's like, oh, silver bullet. Yeah. They're like, how else? Uh, no, just silver bullet. They're like, oh, maybe. And they come up with all these different ways you can kill Wolfman. <laughs> uh, Phoebe pops her head up briefly and is like immediately kicked out. And this is really nostalgic for me because this is how my life was with my sister. Yeah, mine was the same. So there, there's a six-year age gap between me and my sister. Whenever I had friends around, she was, like, constantly there. And I was the brother that was, like, pushing the door shut in her face, yeah. like, goodbye, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in hindsight, I probably wasn't a very nice brother, but... No, in hindsight, I wasn't a very nice brother either. They just uh, wanted to hang out and be friends with us, and yeah, all we wanted to do was make them leave. Yeah, it's exactly. Really it's, yeah. it's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> it's really sad. I'm going to ring my sister after this and apologise. <laughs> yeah, I think I might do as well. There's also some other random kid in there with a dog who gets absolutely no introduction, and I don't even think they mention his name. No, he's just there's just another kid there with a dog who's involved. He's like the really in the con- weird, anxious kid, isn't he? And he's just he does like the weird staring thing a lot. Yeah, he, he's very odd, and he just kind of popped up, and I'm like, who's that? And they never, I don't think at any point they tell you who this kid is. No, and I think at one point halfway through, he just sort of disappears and we never see him again either. Yeah, again, I think this is post-edits where they've gone, oh, we don't need that bit. We don't need no. that bit. He looks uh, a lot younger than the rest of the group, though. Yeah, he does. He, he looks like he should be a younger brother of someone, but they never tell you if he is or not. No. Sean gets called in for dinner by his mum. Uh, he's greeted by the worst gift a mum has ever bought a child. She has no idea what it is. She's bought him a book from a, a yard sale that she thinks is from an old house. And she thinks it's, she thinks it's something to do with Van Helsing. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. She's like, and Van Helsing's the one that fights Godzilla, right? <laughs> yeah, this made me laugh. <laughs> it, it made me laugh. That's, I will watch that movie. That would be a very cool movie. If someone I don't think wants... it would stand a chance. Not Godzilla, no. I mean Van Helsing. Now, if someone wants to get um, Hugh Jackman to reprise his role as Van Helsing for that movie, I will go and watch that. I would like to see him take on the 90s Godzilla rather than the latest one that we've got. I don't know. The latest one would be really cool. I don't know. It's a bit 
it's a bit full on, isn't it? I bring Matthew Broderick back. That one was awesome. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Uh, we're making a movie here. Matthew Broderick. That's <laughs> about Helsing. Hugh Jackman. Oh. <laughs> no, you want Hugh Jackman in it as well. Matthew Broderick can play the character he was playing. We need yes. a time-travelling Van Helsing, who is Hugh Jackman, and Godzilla from the 90s. That would have been the perfect sequel to that film. Yeah, I think it's the only way they could have gone with that film after the disaster <laughs> they made. <laughs> anyway, I still we're, get- like it. we're getting way off topic. Um, this book is also shit because it's completely in German and Sean does not speak German. No. Terrible gift. Um, we now meet Sean's dad, who is oh, just the most blatant, blunt parent I've ever seen with a child. So he tells Sean he's going to be babysitting. And Sean's like, oh, do, do I have to? Where are you going? He's like, oh, yeah, me and your mum are going to couples therapy. You don't say that to your kid, surely. I don't know. I mean, Sean's a pretty switched on kid, isn't he? He kind of knows. He's streetwise. That's the only way I could really describe Sean. Yeah. Um, and his, I, dad, his dad's like, a, his dad's um, his dad's a cop. And he's yeah. a very much a, a, a cop you would expect to find from an 80s film. Um, he smokes, he's rough, he's rugged. He's yeah, Sean's Sean's definitely the, the sort of a cop. In yeah, I, I love the fact the reason that Sean doesn't want him to go as well. He wants to watch Groundhog Day 12, uh, which is not anything to do with the Bill Murray movie because that came out after this. Uh, Groundhog Day 12 is a slasher movie. Yes, but it is uh, basically the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah, 100% it is. And, and we get some of the best meta commentary in any 80s movie. So. <laughs> Sean's like, you can't not let me see it because the guys are going to leak the plot. And the dad's like, plot? It's a guy with an axe. Didn't he die in the last one? And Sean's like, yes, he did. But he's back from the grave. And the dad laughs and goes, Sean, if they blew him up, put his head in a blender, he'd still be back from the grave. And Sean's like, no, that was part seven. Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And the dad hits him, also hits him with a line of, the only plot of this movie is to separate me from my $5. Yeah. I love the dad. The dad's Excellent. great. Yeah, he's great. He's great, isn't he? Uh, yeah, really, really good. And all of this is completely irrelevant because Sean's dad doesn't go to couples therapy. He gets a phone call from the station about a guy claiming to be a werewolf and causing trouble. Yes. That phone call has happened to police, I'm sure. I bet they've had stranger phone calls in that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure most police stations have had someone come in and claim to be a werewolf and ask to be locked up. Yeah, like at a certain time of the month, you mean? Mm. Be like, oh, you have to put me away, it's a full moon, I'm going to turn. Yeah. As a police officer, what would you do? Would you be like, get out of here, you psycho? Or would you be like, it's a quiet night, should we uh, lock him up and watch? Do, do, do you know <laughs> I'm anything for an easy life? 100% I'd give him a cell. Yeah, okay, no worries. Take cell free. Send one of the other officers down to the shop for a load of beers and be like, here, watch this lunatic writhe around, pretend he's turning into a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone is a police officer anywhere in the world who listens to this show, please call in or send us a message. I need to know if this has happened. Yeah, please do. I would, I'm also very curious about that. Yeah. The mum is absolutely furious that the dad's got to go. And he reminds her that he was a cop when she married him. And... I'm completely on his side here. Yeah. If job you marry someone, yeah, well, no, not even job comes first, but if you marry someone who's doing a job when you meet them and they've done that job for the I don't know, 11, 12 years you've been together, you've got a 12 year old son. 
it's been that way forever. It's not going to change. Suck it up and deal with it. No, but like, would it be different if this guy was a firefighter? He's like, oh, I've got to go. There's a burning building. And his wife was like, well, you know, kind of got this couple therapy thing going on tonight. Yeah. It's going to matter. Just let them burn. (laughs) Yeah, I'm completely on his side here. Maybe someone again can ring in if they they disagree with me. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would never like to be married to that cop life. But no. if he was already a cop when he met her, then ah, so, she so, knew what she was getting into. Yes, yeah, so, so be it. You bought the package deal, which I think he actually says, <laughs> this is the package you bought, deal with it. Yeah. Um, we cut to the police station where the, the, the guy is going absolutely wild now. The guy is claiming to be a werewolf. He catches a glimpse of kind of a partially covered moon and then starts slinging people all over the place and eventually gets shot and killed. We also find out a mummy has gone missing from a local exhibit. And this is where I went, ah, yeah, okay, I know where this is going now. And if I'm honest, this is this is the point, this watch where I fully become invested. But before this, I was kind of like, is it going anywhere? It just seemed like a, a, just a mess of stuff welded together. Um, yeah, my main gripes and my main questions come from the next 10 minutes. So I'll wait till you get there and then I'll in and said, excuse me, but what's going on here? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, now, we get a shot of the mummy walking down the street, which I think is brilliant because it's literally after Sean's dad is at the museum. He goes, look, 2,000-year-old bodies just don't get up and start walking around. And then it cuts to the mummy just ambling down the street. Yeah, doesn't uh, it walk past the police car or an ambulance or something like that? That's not its way to pick up the werewolf body. Uh, no, it walks the past. Isn't it? Yeah, it walks past the ambulance after it's picked up the werewolf body, um, and this is where we realise the werewolf didn't die, and he comes back to life, and he kills the coroner in very much Michael Myers Halloween Four, very grabby to the face attack. I still can't believe this is a PG man. This is crazy. Yeah, because there's no holding back. He, he he's dead. Yeah, I like the transformation scene you see of him in the bed as well, where they like the claws break out through the shoe. I mean, it's not like a full American werewolf in London sort of transformation at this point. It's just you see little segments of his hands and yeah. his feet. Um, but it, it looked really, really clever. Yeah, it, it looked cool and it still held up. The the practical effects in this are great. There's no, yeah, outstanding. No really knocking is. them in this. We dive into the swamp for a complete change in tone as we meet Wolfman and Mummy as they find Dracula. We then get Gilman, who is the creature from the Black Lagoon with Predator's face. Right, here we go. This is where I'm going to chime in. So, Dracula's got his supercar by this point. Yes. Dracula pulls up in his car with a skull on it. Wolfman's here. We also have the mummy here now. Yeah. Frankenstein gets thrown up out of the lake by Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. So we now have Swamp Thing here who throws a crate of Frankenstein out of the water. We the, the crate is a crate that fell out of the plane. Yeah. It landed in the swamp. Who fell out of the plane? Frankenstein. I'm assuming Frankenstein and Gilman is my assumption. So, right. So this is where I'm confused because I didn't know how many crates fell out of the plane. I didn't know if it was just Frankenstein and Batman swooped down. Batman? Dracula, Batman. Well, Batman. Batman. <laughs> Batman, Dracula Batman, flew down and, and went with it. <laughs> or two crates fell out and Gilman was in one of the crates. Or it was very coincidental that Frankenstein landed in the same crate that Gilman was hiding in. And it also was coincidental that the plane flying over this town where Wolfman was living and the mummy in the museum. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just they to quote you from Halloween four, because Oh motherfucker, I knew that'd come back to haunt me. <laughs> yeah, it was gonna come back and bite you eventually, and it's now. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I like though is Dracula revives Frankenstein with his staff. His staff is like a single purpose staff, so he's got a like a devil head on it. He pulls the horns off the devil head, which are actually electrodes. Then his staff extends and becomes a lightning rod. Yes. So he summoned everybody to this swamp as well. Like, how is he summoning? How is he summoning these monsters? He's Dracula. I'm assuming he has some sort of dominion or power over them, and he can call them to him. See, the thing is that annoyed me about this is like when you're dealing with stuff like this. I need law. I need law and I need exposition. And and I feel like that's the one thing that this film didn't give me with these characters. And that's the one thing I was most interested in as well. Yeah, and it really doesn't. There's literally no explanation for anything. Um, They wake Frank up and you just get, (laughs) they all stand there and like maniacally evil Dr. Evil laugh together, which I I like that. I thought that was great. That, that, that I thought was a brilliant scene. They just stand there and this kind of this. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? You feel like they're about to burst into Michael Jackson's thriller video at this point. Very much so. And it also looks very similar to the set they used for some of that as well. Back at Sean's house, uh, Sean's mum and dad are having a blazing row. And Sean spots a notice on a whiteboard saying, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Al- Alvcard. And then below it is it's, um, Alv, Alvcard called about the Van Halen diary, which made me chuckle because it's quite clearly not Van Halen's diary. Um, I grew up in the 80s. I know a whiteboard next to a phone is where messages go. We had one in our house. But would it have killed him for a 30 second scene with the mum having a phone call and writing that note down? With Dracula? Because yeah. I didn't pick up on the fact that this was a Van Halen diary that they were looking for. No, uh, Van Helsing diary. I just saw Alvacard on the note board and then yeah. him decipher it. And I was like, why the hell is that on the thing? And why the hell is he called the house? Yeah. And then instantly, how did Sean decipher it from Alvacard to that being an anagram of Dracula? How did Dracula get his phone number? How did Dracula know? There's so many questions. How did he know well, he had the book in the first place? I. It's because, like because because exactly <laughs> and stupidly I put in my notes Mark would say because <laughs> you've got my notes there now and you're looking at it aren't you I have literally I was like Mark would say because oh yes <laughs> <laughs> we jumped to the kid who was in the treehouse with his dog earlier and he's waking his dad up to say there's a monster in the closet and his dad bursts in the room and does what all dads do and I've done it you go and go oh there's no monsters in here. And then he opens the door to the closet. He's like, see, no monsters in here. He's looking straight at his kid. And his kid is looking straight into the closet, straight at the mummy. Yeah. Really cool scene. I love this. Uh, That bedroom is an 80s treasure trove of stuff. I didn't pay much attention. What did I miss? uh, So they had a, a My Pet Monster, which was like a cuddly toy that had like handcuffs that you'd chain him up at night so he wouldn't get you... Uh, there's a Raggedy Ann doll, the same as Annabelle in that room. There's literally, if you pause that scene, there's half the stuff in there I had as a kid. It's so cool. So, That's, so cool. I, it's worth probably going back to check that out then if it is one of those scenes, because uh, I love me some 80s toys. Yeah, th- there was loads of 80s toys in there. And then the mummy leaves through the window. We cut back to the clubhouse and the whole gang are together. Uh, so you've got Sean, Patrick, Horace, Rudy, unnamed kid, complete with dog. 
Um, Sean has now decided that there are monsters and they're going to stop them. And they're after Van Helsing's diary. Sean says they need to read the book, but it's in German. Um, and Rudy is still perving on the sister uh, or the, the girl through the window. And this is when we find out she is Patrick's sister. Yes. Um, so Patrick says, oh, my sister takes German. And he goes, oh, she doesn't happen to live next door, does she? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh. And, <laughs> and this is where Horace turns around and goes, your sister doesn't do German. All she does is let guys touch her tits. I, I, I have no words. <laughs> it's the kind of thing a kid would say about their friend's older sister, but it just... But it's, it turns out to be true. It, it does, and it's completely out of place, but it does turn out to be fact. Uh, uh, we all get hands in the middle, including the dog paw comes in, and then Rudy hits the line, which I pissed myself laughing. How does that dog get up here anyway, as it fades to black? Absolutely brilliant. So meta before it was even meta to be meta. It's cool. I love it. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, and the thing as well, I love this dog because I own one of those dogs. It's a beagle and, and I have a beagle and it's a very, very puppy beagle in this film. And I remember when my dog was as cute and puppyish as that. Not like she's not cute now. She's just very old and fat and cute. <laughs> old, fat and cute as opposed to young, sprightly and cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She certainly won't be able to climb up in a tree else. I know that. (laughs) Uh, The monsters are now in a creepy house where Dracula sends Frank to retrieve the book and kill the kids. We cut straight to German guy's house. So the kids have worked out that he can translate it. We get another quick scene where Frank meets Phoebe um, as she's playing by a lake. This is actually in homage to the original Frankenstein movie. And it's a beautiful nod. You can watch these scenes almost side by side. Very, very well done. Back with German guy. He's holding a knife and says, right, boys, time's almost up. And you go, oh, shit, this looks a bit sinister. And he goes, for the last slice of pie, because <laughs> he's a super nice guy. The nicest guy ever. Yeah, really, really nice old guy. Uh, and he helps them translate the diary. And oh, we get it again. We get this big expedition dump that they could have done without if they'd just put some filler scenes in instead. So this he, he explains that every hundred years there's a chance to banish all monsters to limbo. All you need is an amulet, a diary and a virgin. And just as luck would have it, the deadline to this is the following day at midnight. So this is basically what was happening in the opening sequence, which didn't have an awful lot of exposition. The whirlpool that Van Helsing was opening and the young girl that was reading from the book was clearly a virgin opening the portal so Van Helsing could vanquish some monsters. Which yeah. He blew, obviously, as the scrolling credits told us. Carry on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The boys leave, and before they leave, he reassures them that he's not a vampire by showing them his reflection. Um, And they they turn around and go, you seem to know a lot about monsters. And then as he closes the door, he goes, I guess I do. And on his arm, there's a prisoner of war tattoo, which I thought was... Very... The most intelligent thing that this film ever did. So yeah. clever. As soon as I saw it, I, I felt like standing up and clapping my hands. I was like, that is such a cool, cool thing to do. Yeah, really, really cool. And it, it, it yeah, monsters. Yeah. And it's such a brilliant heart. So some people, like, like kids who are watching it, wouldn't even have a clue what it was even referencing or what it, what it was meaning. But when you see it and you're watching, you're like, that was clever. Very yeah. cool. That I was really clever. That and that was aimed at all the grown-ups who were watching this with their kids in the 80s. Yeah, it was such a cool, cool thing to do. I really uh, like that a lot. 
the boys are now walking back and they're making their plan. And Phoebe bursts out of the house shouting, you guys come here, you guys come here. Because she's made a new friend. She's now friends with Frankenstein. They freak out, and rightfully so. Frank looks great. Best looking yeah. monster in the movie. He's my favourite as well. And I want to give a shout out to the actor, but I'm, I, it's something Noonan. I can't remember his first name. I'm just going to Google it quickly while we've got... Um, because he is such an underrated actor in Hollywood and he deserves some recognition. His name is something Noonan, something Noonan. Tom Noonan. So cool. He's a villain from um, Last Action Hero. Oh, is he really? The same guy who plays the villain in Last Action Hero. He's in so many things, so many things, whether it be bit part or main feature things, and no one ever recognises him. He's such a good actor, such a good actor, and he's fantastic in this role. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very good in this role. Um, Phoebe explains he's a nice guy. Come on, don't be chicken shit. And then a second later, they're all sat in the clubhouse, including Frank, uh, and Frank starts perving over the neighbour too. This, this poor girl. <laughs> yeah, she's a proper victim. She's a real victim in this. <laughs> she's the real victim. But who gets who gets unchanged in front of their window? Every night at the same time. Yeah, uh, and during the day. So this seems during the day, and she's still getting unchanged in front of her window. Uh, uh, back in the creepy mansion we discover van helsing's van helsing has hidden the disciples in this creepy mansion where the monsters are uh, and dracula finds it after he punches a hole through a wall 80s montage best part of any 80s movie a montage i love me some montage i'm not gonna complain Uh, i do and then this we get school day we get them making steaks in the wood shop uh, Frank playing dress up in the treehouse where he's being dressed as a bride. Uh, unnamed kid writing notes to the army. They're printing Monster Squad business cards. They're making silver bullets out of spoons. Uh, they're locating the creepy house on the map because uh, it was named in the diary that German guy read earlier. Uh, Rudy getting photos developed and picking up a bow and arrow. And Frank staring at them with all staring at those photos with sunglasses on. And then they all end with Frank trying to keep the photos and they're all hopping up and down trying to get yeah, it. Yeah, because this was the photo that Frank took of the sister naked yeah. next door. Great, great montage. Love a montage. Loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> uh, back in the creepy house, uh, Wolfman is now human again and Drac has sedated him um, until he changes back again. He escapes and goes and calls the cops and basically tells them what's going on. You need to get to this house and you need to do it now. He's going to kill your son. And he just he gets through to the right detective, which, again, because the, the moon emerges and we get one of the best wolf transformations outside of American werewolf. Uh, 100%. I love this. I think it's so cleverly done, so cleverly edited and so cleverly put together. I don't think it's as strong as the next one. No. But I do like this one a lot. Yeah, I really like this transformation. I thought it was great. It was um, a bit in the phone box where his his, his face grows, and they yeah. use stop they use a stop motion animation. So basically, if you imagine like the werewolf's face transforming to a snout with like a nose, like a wolf, that bit there is done in stop motion animation. It's done so fluidly that it it's, it's almost seamless, especially for the eighties as well. It's it's nigh on perfect. If this if I'd have seen this upon release, I'd I think I'd have been blown away by how cool it was. Yeah, I, I really, really like the transformation here. So the plan is now underway. The kids are now outside the creepy mansion, apart from Rudy and Patrick. Uh, Patrick gets his sister to come up to the clubhouse where they try to ascertain if she's a virgin. This seems so uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. <laughs> um, 
when they ascertain she is a virgin, they basically say she's going to help them and she's not interested, to which Rudy shows her the photograph of her naked uh, and says that there's a nice place on the bulletin board right in between the the football roster and the advert for the news club or something. It's so bad by today's standards. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great, is it? <laughs> no, it's really bad. Um, the kids enter the creepy house. Uh, Drac tries to retrieve the amulet from behind the wall with, again, some more dynamite. Uh, he detonates that and Frank falls through the floor to his death. Wolfman attacks um, and we get the kick him in the nards, kick him in the nards. And he kicks him. And he's like, Wolfman's got nards. Man, I have heard that quote so many times, so many times over the years. And I've, I've always known it was from the Monster Squad, but I've never been able to associate it with the scene and actually seeing it play out. I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I, it's great. Um the kids are cornered by Drac, Wolfman and Free Brides of Dracula. Uh, and they escape using a, a secret trapdoor as they pull on a statue behind them. Again, this is just what the plot needed, so it happened. I think they wrote yeah. themselves into a corner and gone, how do we get out of this? Oh, that would be. They, they play up to it, though, don't they? And they say, like, oh, obviously, all of these statues have a trapdoor. You've just got to find the lever. And then they coincidentally find the lever. So, it, it, again, it's a very... Meta before it was meta, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it really, really was. Um, they just so happen to land right where the amulet is, and Sean takes it. Uh, he's grabbed by Dracula, um, and then Horace saves him with a slice of garlic bread he had wrapped up in some tin foil in his pocket. Who carries around garlic bread in a pocket like this guy does? <laughs> I, I, don't I know, know he's stereotypically categorized as a fat kid, but I mean, that's just taking it one step too far, isn't it? I, I don't know. I think. That might be a way forward. I could have some garlic bread just stashed away in the middle of the day. Bit of garlic bread, bit of snack. Don't make me check your pockets next time we meet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for love of horror. We're walking around, I'll just pull out some garlic bread out of my pocket. Please don't, mate. I would bend over double if you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they get outside, Phoebe, German guy, Rudy, Patrick and his sister have all arrived to rescue them. They decide to head to the town plaza because there's a church. Uh, the mummy attacks the jeep as they're driving away. Um, I like this. So we, the dog grabs one of the mummy's wrappings as it's hanging on the back and gives it to Rudy, who attaches it to an arrow and fires it into a tree. And then the mummy unravels. The unraveling really cool. looks great. So I don't know how they've done it, but it looks great. Yeah, the practical effects, again, is is second to none. It's, it's so good, really yeah. is. And then we cut from some good practical effects into some shockingly shit CGI as we get a head-on collision between Sean's dad and his partner as they're driving up towards the house. Dracula's driving the other way, and his car kind of goes semi-see-through, and he drives through the police car. Does that like that. Again, this is where I was confused. So I was like, first of all, I was like, well, where's Dracula got this awesome car with the big skull medallion on the front of it? It's the Dracmobile. I, like, I know it's a Dracmobile, but like, <laughs> how have they just randomly fallen out of the plane in this site and location? And then how has he just randomly got his car out of any location? And then why does his car go invisible? Because. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Drac randomly stops at the clubhouse to blow it up with a stick of dynamite. Is this, should this really be his top priority right now? Not really, considering he's looking for a book. And if I was looking for a book from a group of kids and they had a treehouse, this would be my first place to search. Yeah, you wouldn't just turn up and throw a stick of dynamite through the window. No, I wouldn't blow up the possibility of something that I need being in that house. Um, Sean's dad arrives as Drac comes out into the, the front garden. Um, and Drac throws another stick of dynamite, blowing up the 
cop car and killing Sean's dad's partner. Um, Who is I, the guy from Sylvester Sloan's Daylight? I like this guy a lot as well. Yeah, and again, he's another character in this who's got loads of great one-liners. He's a, he's like that, the cheeky partner character. I, I thought he was cool. So cool, man. And when they killed him as well, I was like, holy shit, what are they doing in this kid's film? This is so brutal. Yeah, it's it's not like he was injured. He was obliterated. <laughs> Blown to smithereens in front of millions of people. Well, maybe not millions of people, but blown to smithereens in front of a whole neighbourhood of people. Yeah. Um, Sean's dad shoots Dracula many times before Dracula hits him with the line, I will have your son. And then he turns into a bat and flies away. While his wife watches on and she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The kids arrive at the plaza, as do the brides of Dracula too. Uh, Patrick's sister starts reading from the book. And Rudy starts using the bow and arrow to take out the brides. This is cool. I like this as well. Drac arrives at the same time as Sean's dad, um, who shoots Drac as he flies in bat form. And he kind of stumbles through a a window. So Sean's dad runs up and we get like partially transformed Dracula. It wasn't on screen long enough for me to pay too much attention to. I think it, it looked quite cool, but maybe if I'd have paused it, I might have second guessed it. Yeah, it, it looks okay, but... It, I, it's not the best. It came and went so quickly, to be honest, that I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Yeah, and and as Sean's dad's about to kill him, he gets attacked by Wolfman. Uh, Wolfman's getting the upper hand. Uh, Sean's dad tries to like kill him with dynamite, and Wolfman's winning. And then Sean attack comes in, attacks Wolfman with a bat. They stick the dynamite down his pants, the front of his pants, and kick him out the window. Wolfman has no nails now. Well... Well, for now, for now, for now, for now. Um, but he's not dead, and he starts to. You see, like his body parts start to move back together. This um, this was the best bit of the transformation that I thought. I thought it, was, it wasn't necessarily the best in terms of transformation, but it was best in terms of the way that they they utilized the editing sequences in order to make this look fluid. Like, yeah. It, it's very clearly done in terms of like they're just moving body parts across the screen before they finally make a mold of the Wolfman again. But the way they edit it together as a sequence was really, really clever, especially for the eighties. I, I was, I was, I was amazed by how well they did on this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like this as well. Um, we get Patrick's sister has now finished the spell. Um, it turns out she's not a virgin, so it didn't work. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she basically <laughs> says, "Well, it, I saw this one guy, but." But it did count because yeah, her how, brother's how, like, how does it not count? Her brother's like, didn't count. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, the rest of the cops arrive and they start fighting now with the fully reformed Wolfman. One of the officers is knocked down and Rudy picks up the gun, loading it with silver bullets, um, and he shoots Wolfman, who thanks him for killing him. And I thought again that was good as well. Yeah, because I mean, he, Rudy shoots this guy who he thinks is like a wolf monster thing. And then he sees him turn into a normal person before his eyes. Yeah. That's going to have lifelong effects on somebody. But the fact that the wolfman then looks up and looks at Rudy and says, thank you. I thought it was a nice way to handle that sequence. Yeah. Um, This scene is absolutely insane. It doesn't let up. It doesn't slow down. So, but bear with me. There's a lot to go through in this, in this bit. Gilman has now arrived from the sewer. Um, An unnamed kid asked German guy if Phoebe is a version which made me chuckle. I like <laughs> is she a version? Uh, a German guy kind of goes, yes, yes, she is, and gets Phoebe to start reading from the book. Uh, Horace shoots Gilman with a shotgun, killing him. 
uh, why two bullies are like stopping Horace getting the shop. He's trying to get away. And it's the two bullies who picked on him earlier. And Horace shoots and kills Gilman. And they're like, that was so good. Good job, fat kid. He's like, my name is Horace as he cocks the shotgun. I was like, yes. Yeah. Like Terminator. <laughs> Shut up, <man>. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the only way they could have made it better is if he'd have cocked it with one hand, how Terminator oh, does it. So cool. It fucking made me laugh a lot. Drac is back on the street and fights through a good chunk of cops uh, before he gets to Phoebe, uh, grabbing her by the throat and lifting her in the air. Before that, though, before he gets to Phoebe, I just want to say, he doesn't just work his way through, he literally snaps necks. Yeah. He's snapping necks left, right, and center. He's grabbing these offers, and you and they make the sound effect in the film as well. Ch, ch, crack, ch, and he's grabbing them and headlocking them and snapping the necks, and you see him just drop like a sack of shit. And I'm like, I, honestly, I could have sworn this was like a 15 at least when I was watching this. Yeah, it's it's really brutal, really, really brutal. He lifts Phoebe into the air, and I've got a little girl this age, and I'm like, you bastard, put her down really angered me like he's yeah. like literally grabs her by the face and lifts her clean off the floor I was like you need to stop he's about to bite her and then frank grabs him around the back of the neck pulling Good him away frank. and then says bogus yeah which is the most <laughs> 80s thing ever to say and he throws him onto an fence impaling him yeah i love this guy tom Noonan again honestly the guy is so underrated he's such an he's such a credible actor it really is yeah, um, <laughs> Phoebe finishes the spell and we get the dodgy portal we got in the beginning. Uh, everything gets sucked in, um, but Drac attacks one more time, grabbing Sean. Uh, Sean is a badass. He just stakes him in the chest like, fuck you, you're dead, goodbye. Um, and as he does that, Van Helsing emerges from the the vortex and grabs Dracula and then gives a double thumbs up. Yeah, I love this. Very, very cool. But did you see the very poor editing in this moment? Did you not no. see what happened in the scene? So Phoebe is hid behind a bench. Little Phoebe, four years old, clinched behind a bench. There is a scene where Phoebe's at the bench and you're looking at her and you're focusing on her as, as the whirlpool's going on behind her. And then the camera pans from behind Phoebe, like quite a distance away. And for some reason or another, this is a 20-year-old, 30-year-old woman. She stands up, runs to the other side of the bench and crouches down again. But then the camera pounds back round to Phoebe and Phoebe hasn't moved. So like no. this weird interchanging scene and it's clearly like a 30-year-old woman in a red coat pretending to be Phoebe, like stands up and runs to the other side of the bench and then sits down again. I it's completely so missed it. Dude, mate, you love this film, and I know you've seen it a hundred times, but go back and watch this segment at the end, because honestly, once you see it, you're like, I, I watched it like four or five times, like, no, surely not. I mean, this woman looks about 30. She stands up, runs to the other side of the bench and crouches down, but then the pan, the camera pans back to Phoebe, and she hasn't moved. It's, uh, it's so weird. Is this one of these things that when I've seen it, I will never unsee it? Yeah, it's probably better. Well, I've mentioned it now anyway. So next yeah, time you, you watch it, whether it's in a couple of years' time or not, you're going to see it and be like, fuck's sake. Yeah, I am <laughs> going to see it. Um, we now get an emotional goodbye to Frank. I hated this. This sits in the same level of, tear-jerking shit as, like, saying goodbye to E.T. This was awful. Yeah. Poor Frank. <laughs> yeah, poor Frank. But he gets um, he gets Phoebe's teddy as he floats off into the vortex and he yes. waves goodbye. Um, but, yeah, very, very sad. 
the army arrived because they got the crayon written note from unnamed kid. Yeah. And uh, was was this army general? Was he somebody? I felt like this was like a cameo. Uh, yeah, like, I, I think it may have been a cameo, but I'll be honest, I didn't look who he was and I didn't recognize him. So I kind of went, meh. It was like that sort of weird slapstick style element about it that I was like, maybe he's some sort of, I don't know. I felt like it was like some sort of, it, it felt like a Stan Lee moment in a Marvel film. Yeah, but he was there and he's like, what's going on? Who's in charge? Tell me what's going on. And then Sean walks over and hands him a business card. We can tell you. We're the Monster Squad. Yeah. Roll cheesy 80s music and roll the credits. Yeah, brilliant. But what what else do you need in an 80s movie? Let's hit you with some facts. So, Mark, I need you to say facts. I thought we did all this last week. No, no, no. See, I need you to be quite enthusiastic because this is probably going to be the last time you do it because I have a plan in place, which you won't have to do it again after this. So, Oh, okay. So if I just like milled this and do it exceptionally well and I can get let off next week. No, no, no. You won't be doing it. You'll find out next week. But yeah, if you just say facts for me and and put some effort in, it'd be good. Well, like when you say effort, like how, what do you want? Do you want like drawn out Frank Sinatra facts or do you want short and sweet i mean I, I, give, me I some, give me some direction i'm not a director just say facts i could just say facts that'll do <laughs> <laughs> um liam neeson was paid for a bit part in this film uh it was shot and never uh, sorry he was paid for a bit part and it was never shot but he never gave the money back should he have to give the money back but he was paid to appear to shoot a cameo scene and he never, they never shot it and they never paid. He never gave the money back, but he never. Was turned it up his fault that he didn't shoot it? No, but he never turned up set on set. He never ever arrived. He'd never done anything. They just gave him money for nothing. Yeah, this is why you don't pay before the work's carried out. Exactly. Um, according to Fred Decker, there was 13 minutes cut because the executive didn't want the movie to run more than 90 minutes. Bad call. Very bad call. Heavily, heavily suffered in the event those 13 minutes could have probably made this as perfect as it needed to be yeah yeah i'd agree with that um i mentioned this earlier but i want to come back to it so the scene where frankenstein meets um frankenstein frankenstein uh frankenstein meets phoebe and i know before anyone starts messaging i know it's frankenstein's monster but i'm not saying that every time it's frankenstein um when he meets her by the water this is a clear homage to the original scene in Frankenstein. Um, the way the scene plays out is how Boris Karloff wanted to play the original 1931 scene and was told he couldn't. That, While we're on the subject of this, these are universal monsters. Who owns the rights to these? Is this, is this, I don't understand where, the, where the, the rights lie with these characters. I know they're universal but, monsters, but they're also novel-based, so are the, these just freehold? Yeah, they're, they're freehold, and even if they weren't, the, um, they would become public domain. They're public domain characters now. So if you and me wanted to make a Frankenstein movie, we could. Well, okay, cool. So uh, um, Is that why we're getting the new stupid Winnie the Pooh film? Yes, yeah. right, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, there is a poster for Return of the Living Dead, in the clubhouse. Did you spot that? No. Now, there, was on, a cute, there was a cute dog, mate. I didn't see shit. <laughs> yeah, now, on the wall where they're perving out the window behind him, there's um, Return of the Living Dead poster is there. Um, it has the same, dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves, which is a line um, from Night of the Creeps, which was also directed by Fred Decker. Did not know that either. No, so he, he, he dragged that line across because he liked it so much he wanted to use it again. 
Um, and that's all I've got for facts this week. We have got some free word reviews this week and free word reviews I, I love. And this week they are exceptional. So, Mark, can you say three word reviews? Do you just want me to say it or do, you, do I get any direction on this either? Uh, I, I tell you what, say it like you're really excited, like you want to be here. Oh, I just took a real deep breath to do it, though. He'd stop me halfway through. <laughs> you ready? Three word reviews. <laughs> do you know what? That that, that may stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I put in the post this week, I'm quietly confident we're getting a certain three word review. And we did. Uh, we had to get it twice, though. Uh, so we got uh, the one I thought we were going to get was Wolfman's Got Nards. And we did get that. So we got that from Pretty Killer Podcast, who's a wonderful person. has got a lovely podcast. Uh, we also got it from the Berkeley Files, who is a horror and dog account. Now, we also got Worlds of True Crime, German Guys Bitching. True that. Uh, and they're a true crime podcaster. We got Horror Collector 8565, Howling Good Time. Um I'm not going to treat you like you're idiots. Horror Collector 8565. I'll give you three guesses what his account does, and you're only going to need one. Um, we got a review page. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> uh, we got London's Review Corner. Uh, refrigerating, uh, regenerating wolf limbs. Oh, that's um, the best scene in the film. Maybe. Yeah, and this is formerly Landman is here to the save the day, who's given us loads of reviews in the past. Uh, they review movies, TV shows, and pretty much everything else. And finally, we get Paul Tams. He's a movie and collectibles account, and he went with Lock Me Up. Now, I love this one, and I was going to put it in the show, but then he secured himself a straight one-way ticket to the show because Andrew Gower, who plays... Or Andre Gower, sorry, who plays Sean, commented, good one. So now we have a three-word review endorsed by the character, or the actor who plays the character in the movie. Which is awesome. And also, just a quick shout out to Video Tasties, who has Andrew Gower coming on his show in the next week or so. So check out Video Tasties on Instagram, YouTube, and all the rest of it, because he's going to recently have Andrew Gower come on and do an interview segment regarding the Monster Squad. So if you like what you listen to here, go check it out even further with him. That That's cool. That's, that's really cool. Yes, yes very cool. Um, thank you to everyone who gives three-word reviews. Um, if you don't get picked, please don't get disheartened. Keep commenting. Keep getting involved because you will eventually get on the show. There are some people who've done this for 15 weeks before they appeared, but eventually I'll I'll get to all of you. Before we head into memes to make you mad, because I I upset some people this week. um, (laughs) uh, There's some ways you can... (laughs) Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, There's some ways you can support the show. Tell a friend, uh, give us a review on Apple or Spotify. If you do it on Apple, say something really nice. Please give five-star reviews. Share something on social media, social... I'm social. Social. <laughs> share something on social media. Uh, share, share a post on social media. Retweet something. Um, if you want to give us some money to put back into the show, go to our shop at yourunpodcast.com. Buy a T-shirt, buy a sticker, buy a beach towel. There's loads of cool stuff on there. Um, and don't forget we've got our special deal that we've actually had some people take us up on. Um, so for £50, you get your personalised podcast. Any movie. You can be guest. Doesn't need to be horror. You could. Christmas is coming. You could pick a Muppets Christmas Carol if you want. You can go with that movie. We will record an episode. We will not release it. We will edit it. We'll put a quiz in there. You pick any quiz you want, and we will send that file to you 
and you can either keep it as yourself as a keepsake or you can give it as a gift. And we've got someone who's done this already and they picked the movie Barbarian. Amazing. I have been desperate to see Barbarian and <laughs> perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. And by the way, I this isn't me. I haven't paid for this. <laughs> No, no, no. So, so we, we've got Barbarian. And unfortunately, none of you are going to get to hear it because that person has bought that as a gift for someone. Cool. Look forward uh, to doing that. Yeah, I, I look forward to doing those because I, I think when we know it's not being released, we probably won't be as reserved as we normally are. No. And the thing is, as well, if you're buying an episode and you want the episode to feature a certain quiz that was featured in season one or featured in season four, it's your episode. We can do whatever you want us to do. If you want to book our time out to make an episode for you, you can pick the quiz. You can do whatever you want. You can customize it in any way, shape or form that you feel fit to you. So So knock yourself out. Yeah. So if you want to come on and you want to pay £50 to see Mark take on Broken Spirit again, that can happen. I can do back-to-back Broken Spirit for an hour and 30 minutes if you need to. <laughs> uh, I really into... don't want to, but if you need me to. <laughs> Let's go into memes to make you mad. Uh, Mark, I want you to say memes to make you mad like you're angry. Memes to make you mad. I felt like Mr. T then. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool who does memes to make you mad. <laughs> so i posted a popular race to which mountain meme which is the rock driving with a young girl sat behind him and i changed the captions so the rock's looking over his shoulder he says well you tell me the worst movie of 1987 then miss smarty pants with the girl replying monster squad obviously it's only like it's only still liked by sad middle-aged men now to get the most reach on this i decided i'd put this on twitter and tiktok Uh, So Twitter, uh, let's talk horror channel. Who made this? I need to hunt them down, to which I replied, I did. And then BP replied, and he was never seen again. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Wilson. I I felt sorry for Ryan Wilson over on Twitter. I watched this movie 50 or so times as a kid. I wasn't sad until now. Sigh. I'm sorry, I'm being I'm being quiet because I'm going on your profile because I feel very stupid that I no longer know what which mountain is or whether you're talking about Rock the Wrestler or something else. I'm yeah, it's, to find it, this meme. It, it, it's, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, and then the final one over on TikTok is Mr. Robbins. This may be true, but it's completely uncalled for. Now, everyone has been so polite this season in memes to make you mad. So I've decided next week I am going to go even harder I'm going to do memes to make you mad on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok are going to get a video where I slag off whatever movie we're doing and see what response I get. I already know what movie we're doing. I'm really <laughs> dreading next week. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask Mark to kick off the scores and round it up this week. Um, I'm, I'm going to go second. So, Mark, what you got? Uh, so for me this week, Monster Squad was obviously a first time watch. Um Cracking film, cracking film. I love it. I thought it was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed my experience with it. It's a film that I will undoubtedly revisit again in the future. Um, There's a lot of issues within this film. It's great to see all these monsters come together and and interact with one another in in, in one film. And I thought the child actors were fantastic. I thought the plot and overall development of the characters and everything else that goes with it was great along the way. My only issue was, was... the lack of exposition and 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 stuff that should have been filled out to us and explained to us regarding these characters 
basic location settings and interactions with one another, more so not the kids, but the actual villains themselves. Um, I don't know. I mean, I say it has a rewatchability factor. If I had to compare it to another film that was similar, I would probably say something like Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is a film that I will undoubtedly watch as soon as we sort of get to late September, early October, that film's going on. I don't think this is going to marry up with the same sort of rewatchability. Maybe every other October. Um, I liked it a lot. It's a lot better than I expected it to be. I expected to go into this, watching this now in 2022, thinking that this was going to be held regard by, in such high regard by so many people based on nostalgia. But it's actually not. It's really not. It's a very, very fun time. And as much as I'd like to give it higher, I think... 3.5 is probably about as far as I can go, but just know that I give it a 3.5 from a critical standpoint, not from an enjoyment standpoint. I enjoyed my experience with it a lot more than I did with the criticisms I had, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, you're saying 3.5, like that's a bad score. That's not a bad score. No, but a film like this that people adore and speak about as if it's the greatest thing known to the greatest of screens, which I have heard some people talk about it like. Um, yeah it feels shitty me giving it a 3.5. I mean, that's a that's a well above average score. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to like what I'm going to do in a minute then. <laughs> and you love this film. Yeah, I do. Uh, for me, Monster Squad, uh, it's got such a nostalgic place in my heart. It sits in there with movies like Fright Night and The Goonies and E.T. It's, it's one of those movies that is just there. It's part of my childhood. But this rewatch, there's so many things that I just I can't overlook anymore. Uh, as much as I enjoy it, it's so out of date, so out of touch with the modern world. There's parts in this movie that are uncomfortable to watch. It will still be on my Halloween rotation. I'll still watch it every year. Um, but unlike movies like the Ghostbusters that I'd happily show to my kids, I would not let my kids watch this. No. My, my younger kids, this is not, it's not so like, Jack Seven, Jack loves Ghostbusters, loves Ghostbusters too. I'm happy for him to watch them. I could not sit him in front of Fright Night, uh, in front of the Monster Squad. And I don't think that's based on the violence and the gratuity of it. I think it's just more overall the the stereotypes and sort of, of, of dated language and behaviour used it, by these characters. It's, it's just something you wouldn't want to show to your child. No, you really wouldn't. Um, the visuals are good. The practical effects are great. It's a fun 80s movie with a fucking great soundtrack. It needs lots of filler scenes um, to make it feel more like a feature length movie as opposed to a, a short. The pacing is way too fast. It just needed at some point for them to go oh, and take a breath and let you as a viewer reset. And because it's literally it goes bam, 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 end. Yeah, it doesn't stop at all. It's a seven out of ten for me. Um, it's a great film, but use caution if you're easily offended, and definitely watch it if you're planning on showing it to your kids. Yeah, I mean that's a that's we're on about the same sort of wavelength that with our scores. Yeah, I, I really really like Monster Squad, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't, but I do feel like it it's very dated. It deals with some very dated subject matters that are not appropriate, not then, not now. No, um, but. But overall, it's it's great, and this is one thing. This is sorry. This is one film more than any that I probably would like to see a director's cut to. 
I would like to see sort yeah. of an hour and forty-five minute cut of this, and 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 some of the stuff that's in there that is inappropriate could quite easily be cut. It didn't need to be there. If you could put an hour, if you could put an extra twenty minutes worth of exposition in, you could take away that full two-minute segment, yeah, and and redeem all of the offence that it caused. Um, so that is something that I would like to see champion. I'd like to see some sort of movement put out on Twitter to be able to get like a Screen Factory director's cut release of this. I think that'd be great. I, yeah. I, and that's something that I'd pay good money to watch as well. Or, or a reboot or a remake. Uh, do you know what? No. Really? I'm not going to. No, I don't, I don't think things like this warrant reboots in a modern day. I feel like things like kids films and stuff like that are too heavily dependent on CGI. I mean, we've seen with like the latest stuff like the Goosebumps makes with Jack Black and things like that. As soon as you announce that this is a kids film, they feel like they can get away with stupidly crap CGI yeah. and overly glossified fucking uh, crap effects. And I feel like this is one film that would either have to fall into the category where it's it's modified to people who grew up on it and made to more of an adult turn yeah. and, done, and done well, or they do it completely like they did with the Goosebumps remake with Jack Black and it's just stupid kid fodder with crap CGI throughout. And I don't think that would work well either. So it's either Beth left to learn, Beth, Beth left to learn. You, <laughs> were giving, you were giving me shit earlier for not being asked to speak. Who the fuck's Beth? Is it Beth left alone? Or... We we both sound like who's the cowboy? Thuffle, no, who is it? It's Thuffle and Tuckatash. <laughs> we both sound like Sylvester. <laughs> um, if you want to watch this, it is not free in the UK anywhere. You can rent it on Amazon or Sky. Uh, if you're in the US and you're a subscriber to Stars, you get this for free. Uh, if not, you can rent it everywhere else. Uh, we're going to close this out with sound off. Um, so let's see what you thought of the movie. Mark, say sound off. How do you want me to say sound off? Uh, I want you to say sound off in your best Hulk Hogan impression. Uh, the Hulk Hogan's not a wrestler I'm not familiar with. Okay. And what wrestler are you familiar with? I don't like wrestling. Okay, well, let's not do a wrestler. Do it in, do it in your best Mike Tyson. Sound off. <laughs> 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 I, I, I said we we might you would never have to do it again, but I think you might have to. It's just so good. Uh, uh, um, Instagram was really sleepy this week. Uh, not a single thought to share on the Monster Squad at all. Not a word. I gave you three options to say what you thought about Monster Squad in various different ways, and no one said anything. Um, thankfully, TikTok was there to bail us out. Uh, so we got Star Week. Uh, another classic uh, referring to the movies that we've already covered this season. Um, so Star Week listens every week and has been a fan of this season right the way through all the movies being great. Uh, we've got Keo 33, Rock Until You Drop, Dance Until Your Heart Stops, Rock Until You Drop, Dance Until Your Feet Fall Off. This led people in the comments then to asking what that song was. And I didn't know, so I had to go and find out. Um, the song, if you're interested, it is Rock Until You Drop by Michael Sembello, and it's a brilliant 80s cheesy track. And is that used in this film at some point? And the, the 80s montage. Oh, OK. It's, it's the montage song. Uh, and finally, um, my wonderful wife, Lisa, wanted to pass comment on this, um, as she did repeatedly when we sat and watched it, and I had to keep pausing it so she could continue to pass comment on this movie. Um, <laughs> what she said was, if you guys are going to do a crappy camp horror movie from the 80s that's wildly inappropriate like this trash, 
Why not grow a set and fully commit and do the class of Newcomb High from 1986? I'm sorry, but I agree with Lisa on this one. <laughs> um, I'd love was, to do that film. Well, this ties in quite nicely because then two minutes later, we got a direct message requesting that movie from Lisa's sister. We are the Perfect. You Run podcast. So at some point, the class of Newcomb High from 1986 is going to appear on the You Run podcast. Excellent. Have you Excellent. seen it? I'm happy about that. Have no, you seen... but I, I, I hear good things. Well, well yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting not great things, but yeah, it's a I, love it and hate it kind of thing. If we say Monster Squad is inappropriate, this takes it to a whole nother level. But we'll we'll get to that when we Perfect. review it. Um, you can catch me and Mark over on Horror Movie News, which is out this Friday. Um, this is the show where we leave the mics running. We talk about horror movies and, well, yeah, funnily enough, horror movie news. <laughs> it kind of gives it away. Um, we also talk about our lives and generally have a, a little catch up. If you've not listened before and you like this show, you will like horror movie news. That That's a fact. Next week, it's time for a new release. And it's a movie I am absolutely bouncing off the walls excited for. We are covering Rob Zombie's the monsters that is going to be a fucking chaotic episode man i am telling you now that is going to get out of hand i know it's going to get out of hand and i haven't even seen the film yet that is going to get out of hand uh what's really funny is i am the biggest hater on rob zombie and mark is his biggest fanboy and i think i'm going to be defending it as mark tries to slay it i hope i'm not i really really hope i'm not I'm saying this now that i'm going in with the the want to like it just because of how much i like rob zombie and i want him to do well but from everything i've seen so far i'm gonna fucking hate this film uh, and it's the episode's going to be chaos and because it's going to be chaos i thought i'd bring in a guest that's gonna calm things down and not get us over excited um so next week we have got longtime listener and friend uh, the man of a thousand voices, Mr. Imitation Dave. And at what point did you think he was going to be able to calm this situation down? <laughs> no, he's he's really... only going to add chaos to that episode. Uh, he's going to add lots of chaos, hence why Dave's on, because I think <laughs> the me, you, with opposing opinions, and Dave, all on one episode, is just absolute gold. Yeah, maybe we should fucking pay for that episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe... <laughs> Maybe are we are we creeping towards where we go? Oh, this could be a Patreon episode. No, we no. can do that to do, guys. No, I I couldn't do it. It's this this show will always be free, and I've said that from the very very start. It will always be free. But if you like us, go and buy something in our shop. Buy an episode. Um, do do something nice for us. Um, I genuinely, I literally cannot wait for next week. I'm so excited. But that's it for now. Um. It's time for us to say goodbye. And Mark, as you signed us off so well last time, I'm going to let you do it. So, Mark, it's time to say goodbye. Why would I do so well last time? Uh, you, you signed us off on news, and I, I remember in my drunken state it was quite entertaining, so I'm going to let you do it again. So do you know I don't <laughs> remember anything from news? No. no I barely yeah, you... remember anything from the back half of most episodes, let alone when we get to news. <laughs> so, yeah, you could sign us off. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you ever, ever so much for listening. It's been a pleasure as always, and we will catch you next week. See you soon. Before you forget, you want to die tonight? Hypochondriac with asthma is in there. I just lose all sense of equilibrium, and I don't know what's happening. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Always enjoy watching it every time. Windmills were fire hazardous. 
He literally used the paycheck to pay for a house. That's all it was for. Meeting someone for the first time, you wouldn't be talking like that. Because he was so stoned, he'd like half fallen asleep. You and Tasha are meant to be. I'll figure that shit out. I just got fired yesterday. I'm free. I swear to God, I'm gonna stick that wolf <laughs> up your asshole.